So we have a quite long history with 3D and other digital creation areas. And throughout your career, you've used a bunch of different tools, like for specific tasks task in the pipeline. And I'd like to talk uh, with you about the experience you had with uh, those tools, the pros, the pros and cons of, of some of them, and the challenges and benefits of learning and adapting new softwares. And yes, Blender is on my, on my mind here, okay. but, but, not, but not exclusively. So uh, am I correct uh, that your first 3D DCC of choice was Lightwave? Yep, yep, that's yeah. what... Um... That's what we were taught in university. So that's what yeah. I kind of stuck so, with for the longest okay. time. So, so that's why you did choose it, right? The, the course in uni. Yeah. And why did you finally pick Blender instead? Um, mm. I guess the, the, the lack of development on Lightwave 3D's front um, and uncertainty as to its future. Mm. And I started with Blender by using it just as a GPU renderer. Uh, and kept bringing projects across and it's like, oh my God, I can render in full HD in under an hour or whatever. Um, yeah. And being massively impressed and then having to slowly adopt it also for working with clients on interactive projects. So they have, they had like a development team and they would use Blender mainly because I guess it's free and, mm -hmm. uh, because it had a good GLTF exporter. So whenever we would put together, um, yeah, real-time projects for various different channels, Blender would be the mm. package of choice. So ultimately, I would still be tweaking things in Blender. Mm. Um, yeah, then I started to like it. Um, and I think I, I think I picked it up properly about three years ago. And since then, mm. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Everything's been fantastic. Uh, yeah. I just, yeah, it's just amazing. Of, I can't believe it exists. You know what I mean? In terms, <laughs> in terms of uh, of uh, the speed of rendering that you mentioned that you were impressed by. So right now with the Cycles X rewrite, I think it's even more mind blowing, right? On that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on that side of things. And, and yeah. there's one nice thing coming to the next version, I think, the caustics. Oh really? Uh, for oh, three, nice. yeah, three point three point one. There's like the proper caustics added, like not just like some some kind of caustics. It like looks finally like a proper caustics rendering solution. Okay, because yeah. I was kind of under the impression that caustics required this bi-directional path tracing, um, mm -hmm. that only things like. Yeah, I'm not sure how they really implemented that. You right now, in, as far as I saw, it was like. Um, uh, you have to set up a light as a as an emitter of caustics and an object to cast caustics. So like the the glass object that's that's all, all uh, metal, okay. metal, and then uh, an object that receives the, those. So it's kind of like a proper properly um, a little bit of a workaround hack than sure. a full than a full spectrum, you know, caustics for everything solution. But uh, I think you don't really need that. Yeah. Just, no, I suppose not for for anything. Like if if you if you want caustics, that's mo mostly for some specific scenarios. Yeah, right? I'm just thinking Arg of scenarios yeah, now yeah. where you just have lots Arg of glass people. under the water or something like yeah. that. <laughs> like Arg these people, are, Arg people doing you know those uh, swimming pool scenes. <laughs> they are just uh, yeah. champagne. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just Imagine. absolutely 
or jewelry, pushing it to breaking point. Yeah, jewelry visualizing as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, this one. yeah, diamond encrusted champagne glasses underwater. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so that's that's the bright side of things with Blender. But I, I wanted to ask, mm. but what are the areas of Blender that give you the most pain? And I mean that that those moments when you pray to the Blender gods. That they fix it, improve it in the next release. Yeah, you know, so, something there... uh, another software would probably be like something like Maya or 3ds Max or something could do in a click that Blender just can't do yet. I do, I do really wish that um, the texture nodes were a thing, like uh, which have sort mm. of fallen by the wayside because I still really like to use um, the modifiers for displacement and stuff like that. And it feels mm. like if I could create a node group of textures to drive that real-time displacement that would be brilliant i know you can do a lot now with geometry nodes but still mm -hmm. basically building your own procedural textures would would be amazing um yeah. and that and that i think is probably it feels like it is coming um or there's been talk of it at least uh and the, the other thing i suppose is modeling but that's probably just down to my use it like just down to user error um mm. i just recall being able to model stuff really really quickly in lightwave um being able to it, it just felt yeah it probably almost certainly is me then you know it felt more natural mm. to me at the time you know you would just be able i'd just be able to like um bevel and extrude stuff much faster uh and mm. Yeah, I, I I think it's just probably learning the tools that I need to more frequently in, yeah. in Blender. Yeah. But everything else is absolutely amazing, you know. And I'm I mm -hmm. I bought ZBrush not too long before I started adopting Blender, and I soon realised that I just don't really need to use ZBrush anymore. Um, I bought the mm -hmm. Quad Remesher tool, which I think um, is based on the same Z Remesher in, Z in ZBrush. Um, yeah, and that was the last thing I kind of needed, uh, and I was just like, yeah. "Oh, okay, cool. I don't really need that brush anymore. Yeah. This is brilliant." <laughs> yeah, so, so probably you're not into that you know, super high fidelity, you know, sculpts of realistic human faces or things sure, like that. No, 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 yeah, I've never really gone down and modeled the individual yeah. pores and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so the recent the recent course by by Ken Tramel. This mm. human human course, yeah, that was amazing. Pretty, pretty, pretty awesome and amazing. But mm. he really like points out some some places where like he hits like uh, the limitations of of Blender. Like it's running on the very edge of Blender's cap capabilities, and uh, that's, yeah, that's where all the all the ZBrush users are kind of like, ooh, that's that's just a yeah. daily thing for us, right? It's 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 just working with us. But yeah, yeah hope, hopefully for Blender. The future looks bright uh, if they keep on developing it. Yeah, you mentioned it's just a matter like, of time. Yeah, you you mentioned like paying for you know software like ZBrush and, and stuff. Like since you started a new studio, did you ever get that feeling or I guess the pressure of like, oh, I guess I have to buy a studio license because I'm running a studio in our or a company now. Like, or this is because you also mentioned earlier that you know starting out starting out as a, a business, you were kind of like, oh. I kind of want to keep everything free and lower down the expenses as much as possible. So, like, what are your thoughts on that? Did you ever get that feeling of, like, maybe I need to start paying for, like, the big boy softwares just because that's, like, what 
you know is expected of like a studio or a startup company or, yeah we yeah yeah we absolutely yeah. did everything we used was um completely legitimate the time uh, the main tools were lightweight 3d <clears throat> and the adobe creation suite and then any other kind of additions and plugins that go along with it um mm. just because at yeah at the time it was very easy to to have those um offset those expenses on on jobs and stuff like that uh, mm. and yeah i mean i do feel because i i mean I, i'll i give personally to the blender foundation and stuff but then i keep on oh. thinking like i i should definitely give more you know because <laughs> i feel like it's yeah it's been such a handy tool um mm -hmm. uh, and yeah just how it's sort of set up and how accessible it is 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 fantastic i think the only the only thing i'd, I'd wish because a, a lot of um i'm trying to convert everyone i know to blender as well just purely for selfish reasons because yeah i want to be able to like hire them on jobs and stuff <laughs> um yeah uh yeah, anyway, I'm sort of deviating from the original question. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's um, but yeah, I think uh, I think ultimately, like, the, if, if it feels like if you're if you're running a company that has so, so much turnover, then it's it's a very easy deci decision to buy the software. Unless I suppose, of course, it is uh, Maya or Max, which can get mm. pretty expensive. Um, yeah, the the guy I shared an office space with. Um, is forking out a small fortune for, I think, five or six 3ds Max seats. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm happy that it's not that much. And for the for the longest time, mm. Lightwave 3D was actually a pretty good deal. I think it was, it was only like a, a thousand pounds or like thousand dollars, sorry, and then mm. a couple of hundred after that to upgrade every year. Yeah. Yeah, and aside from 3D work, uh, you also do photography and some video shooting, right? So do you find the, these uh, these benefiting your 3D artist's abilities? And if so, how? Yeah, the the uh, the first company, um, a group of four of us started before this current company, uh, was primarily a film company so we we joined uh, another two guys to yeah. offer more kind of motion graphics and cg and vfx services into the mix but it involved a lot of uh, a lot of film work and a lot of sort of promo stuff um and i love i love taking photography um i, I love photos in general um i was absolutely gobsmacked uh when the the Canon 5D Mark II came out. I was mm. in love with that camera. I was like, oh my God, this looks like a film. Um, I would- In my hand. In my, in my yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> well, at the time, yeah. 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 You know, I'd just be like, look how ridiculously shallow this depth of field is. That must mean it's brilliant. Um, the future is here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was deliriously happy with that. Uh, and then, you know, I would you know, go up, I'd, photo walks and like i had a lot of friends who were into photography as well mm -hmm. and i felt like yeah it does like if you go out and take photos or as i like to do just sort of do i guess little cinematic shorts but you know just go traveling to play what do they call it like travel vlog type things but um mm -hmm. uh little travel films 
I think that feeds massively back into CG work when it comes to just layout work, camera, lighting, all that kind of stuff. That's, mm. a, I felt, a huge benefit, um, particularly if you're going for a kind of realistic thing. Uh, you, uh, like, I know a lot of people that would never change the focal length of the camera on on a job. It'd just be like, everything would be at 24 millimeters all the time. Um, yeah. And just be like, oh, yeah, but then, you know, if you go to 135, then you get this really nice compressed look and blah, 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 blah. Uh, mm. Things that might, you might not necessarily pick up on unless you are into photography or film work. Mm, yeah, that's true. I mean, so some, that's... Sometimes you feel like doing dioramas or stuff or like, you know, weird, super, like from an alien perspective, like a tiny earth. Like there's a lot of things that I feel like a lot of artists recently are like, oh, I have the latest software. But then you compare them to people who know how, you know, other stuff works, like photography and, and color grading and compositing where it's like oh wait it's a little bit of trick that we know that you guys don't with your flashy toys uh, i think it's something that i don't know if you watch a uh, corridor crew on YouTube. yeah 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 where where they had this video where they try to recreate like this terminator scene where the guy goes to the jail jail bar cell uh, and, yeah, like, yeah 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 and even with like the most modern technology all the photogrammetry and all that they still couldn't keep up with like what they had what 20 years ago in terms of like vfx it's like yeah. 30 i think it was 30 years 30. ago yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like early 90s right yeah 30 made or two yeah. i love that film it's gonna be one of my favorite films yeah yeah and i would you scratch the the area of color grading like i've i've had my own like little aha moments uh discovering mm -hmm. compositing in blender a few years ago uh like starting out with 3d just from that modeling and just rendering perspective and not really breaking up the pro the project into layers, uh, and I found that that this part like color grading, compositing, and uh, these are like super super powerful tools that are sometimes overlooked and uh, combined with three D. Uh, so I'm sure that you are doing like a lot of VFX and um, stuff like that so you must be using these tools for for your work and i wanted to ask what what softwares do you use for that and and why these tools yeah not a huge amount um mainly i'll try and get everything into the the beauty pass normally because there's just not enough time for uh or particularly recently with file management and stuff and working between working with people remotely it's quite difficult to use say massive multi-exr sequences without there being quite severe bottlenecking um and i tend to on, on certain projects just work out exactly what passes are needed uh and then just do um either png sequences or like compressed exr sequences and normally it would mm -hmm. just be things like Oh, yeah, like just a beauty pass, a depth map, and maybe a few map ID type passes. Um, Tools-wise, it's all pretty much the Adobe Creative Suite because that's what a lot of the production companies we work with use. Um, I really like using uh, DaVinci Resolve, um, particularly for grading stuff. I think it's it just feels right. Um, the only reason I don't yeah. use it more often is because of uh, how it stores stuff 
database wise like how your projects are all database based um because mm. i feel like i'm never at one computer at one time and so i just want to mm. have everything on a shared drive that i have access or a cloud kind of share that i have access to and is project yeah. file based um i'm sure there is a way to do it i'm sure there's a workaround i haven't sort of fully investigated it properly i think it, it, uh, in the studio version there's some kind of a solution for for setting up a server with the database yeah yeah i need yeah maybe i just need to look into it more i suppose mm. okay so regarding the tools and skills uh maybe one final question uh would be is there some kind of a tool or uh, or skill that you wish you had and maybe perhaps you're planning to master in the future some yeah something that you wanted to learn always and haven't had the time yet uh at the moment um i think it's audio production um it's it's something that i've been doing more and more usually whenever i put a cost together there would always be one assumption and that would be sound design is not included you know there's no yeah. audio supply for this um mm. so i have to get another company involved but recently i don't know i've just been getting into it more you know even like um composing music and stuff and i'd love to i mean i'd love to have that ability you know to be able to oh. like create my own scores and stuff like that and that would be fantastic mm. um so yeah i'm getting there and I'm, i'm mainly using um audition adobe audition which mm. feels feels nice um so yeah that's what i would love to be able to be good at right away but obviously <laughs> It takes a lot yeah, of time yeah. investment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of want to be so, like, uh, I guess, Pick Gordon, like the guy who was behind the Doom soundtrack. Oh, uh, right. Like yeah. All these, yeah. Like they were like, oh, no, we, we don't want you to use like rock metal. We're not going to use rock metal. And he was like, nah, nah, nah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it rock. But I guess it's <laughs> the, the inner, inner creative control, like, oh, I, I want to do this. I can do this. I have the power to do this. Like, yeah, yeah. Because whenever I see, like, I'll follow an artist or something and i'll see an amazing sequence of animation i think like why why is that so good and then it's normally yeah, because it's, it's just accompanied by an amazing score or like yeah punctuated by perfect sound design you know sort of yeah um i think that's why um I, you, you're probably aware of uh chris jones he's uh mm. does yeah, amazing yeah. human stuff humans yeah and he did a he did a short mm. a long time ago as well And that was all in Lightwave. Well, he's done a lot of shots, I see. But he he's like an amazing composer as well. And just having mm -hmm. that that full control over it feels must feel amazing. So yeah, I'd I'd love to have that ability. Yeah, I mean, a lot so, of movies so, are like nothing without good audio. Like what what's mm -hmm. what's a Christopher Nolan film without Hans Zimmer in the background being bomb or yeah, or like exactly, Star Wars yeah. without John Williams, you know, yeah. Yeah, and the, regarding this this course, you are uh, you are um, doing like um, totally virtual instruments, or or do you play something like you know on the side, like some some instrument, or just you know vir virtual VST plugins or what, whatever the yeah. software provides? I mean, <clears throat> I learned <clears throat> excuse me, I learned how to play piano and guitar a tiny bit you know to the point where i could annoy people but that's about it um but i like i liked playing around yeah with virtual instruments and stuff as well you know and i i recently invested in some nice sort of orchestral vsti's and i'm like mm. doing 
you know, massive string yeah. sections and horn yeah. sections are going, oh, this is brilliant. Just yeah, like you get a, to be this a yeah, wall of conductor. sound that's probably yeah, horrendous, no. but I'm well into it. Oh, we've, we've, we've got a loving cat there, you know, in the background. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm. featured yeah. kitty. Yeah, he looks exactly like this uh, kitten from uh, Blender Kit that they had. Oh, yeah, the, the mascot. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I asked about about the instrument because I'm a guitar player myself. And, okay. Uh, re recently, I tried I tried to learn a little bit of piano. Uh, yeah, really, really basic stuff, but it's uh, yeah, piano. I think it's a uh, it's the go go to instrument if you want to compose something. It's yeah, you've got ten fingers, ten sounds at the same time, so full control over. How harmonics. are you going about learning it? Are you going the very traditional route? Or you sort of no, I I think I I'm quite you know I learned guitar in a very untraditional way most of the time like learning uh, songs mm -hmm. that I liked and uh, well I used to play in a band back in the days uh, so guitar is kind of I'm I'm kind of in in control of the guitar but uh, piano I just pick up a song that I want to learn I check the chord progression and then I'm trying to trying to just figure it out like by the feeling of it. And I'm thinking that, well, maybe this is not a perfect way of, of learning the technicals, but I always kind of like, mm, I try to trust my gut feeling about music, right? So just go yeah. with the flow. And I think it's, it's, it kind of pays off, you know, you have to have that intuition, so to speak. Like sometimes it's, it's uh, the same with 3D artwork. You, you just got to trust your feelings about how things should be done. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, for me, for me, learning the piano, that was a massive blocker where I would go in and, you know, someone would say, oh, yeah, these are this is the major scale. This is this minor scale. You know, you do this with your fingers. And the whole time I was thinking, mm -hmm. why? This is horrible. Like, why am I doing any of this? And, you know, learning sheet music, not that I've retained any of it, but I'm, mm -hmm. I just felt like it was completely pointless because I never wanted to play other people's music. You know, I felt like oh, I just want to make your own make my make something yeah by myself and mm. have that thing be mm -hmm. something i've created and so yeah yeah i hate it i really didn't like it so um, i guess you I wouldn't find, have yeah. enjoyed like you know someone giving you like a chord sheet or sample like oh here's Bach, play it you know you, not not your thing yeah no way yeah. no it's <laughs> just yeah I, yeah I think i think keeping that you know that curious mind and uh that uh, fun part of learning is it's really like in, you know it's crucial because it keeps you motivated. It keeps you, you know, just immersing in that process. Like it gives you that boost. It's, it's like you get into the blender or whatever software and you find these new things and this gets you excited that you can achieve something, play around, yeah. change it. And yeah, the same is with music, right? And finally find something that's like moving you and yeah, yeah and and kind of guiding that, you. That experimental nature, I think is super rewarding as well. Because it, you can uncover things that perhaps people haven't really looked into before. Because if, if someone just says, like, this is exactly how it's done and you should do it like this all the time. I don't know. It feels way less rewarding than like, oh, my God, I've just yeah. uncovered this amazing thing that will save me hours of time. And has anybody else looked at this? Oh, my God, not many people have found this out. You know, I'm going to... Yeah. Well, you know, maybe put a YouTube video together about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess it's that whole thing where, you know, there are, I guess the older ancient Blender tutorials were like, oh, 
set this setting to 0.0025 and set the x to 05 then you're you're typing in the numbers you got like the same exact result and then now you're gonna do your own thing and you're like oh crap i don't know how to do my own thing i, I only know how to put the numbers that this guy said yeah like, that's true yeah if you don't have that if you don't have that that sort of yearn to find out stuff by yourself it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like you're gonna have your own unique I guess you, you'd be able to produce your own unique content because it's just going to mirror everybody else's which is I mean, yeah. which is fine I suppose yeah